Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always Always Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Time for some of that head trauma. And we're going to find something to put there because uh, that is such an awkward intro, but I love it. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. Got a, I got to find a, uh, like we, we know you got, you're the man of many names. You know, you're the pod father, you're the gatekeeper, apparently, you're the big fish. But uh, what's what's my ta- what's your tag team name to me, sir? Oh, are you Jesus. are you the are you the axle riding to my balls, Mahoney? Surely I'll be the Occam to your Reza. Works for me. If you can tell me who the difference between the two are, I will give you. I can tell, but if you can do that, I'll give you a shirt or something. They have the name badges on their ring gear. Hey, nobody, That's how you tell. Look, you wear glasses. I wear glasses, but who has them on right now? Not well, me. This is it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know nonsense as always. But yeah, Chair Shot Radio, happy Thursday. Happy, happy Rumble Week. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, uh, the, the best time of the year for wrestling. My favorite event. Uh, not ex- as excited for this one this year, whether that's because we're in this whole COVID uh, world but yeah, just I'm just not feeling as hyped as I as I normally am. But I'm not like Tally who came out and flat out said he hates the Royal Rumble and they're they're all boring. Yeah, I'm I'm have to do something with that boy. We we have to just change the name of this podcast from Head Trauma to uh, We Got to Shit on Tally Every Day. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Paul? Uh, no, I'm actually I'm probably actually more excited than usual. Okay. And I think the reason for that is the uncertainty. There is a there is an air of normalcy about the rumble most years. Yes, it is the most um, unique and probably the most um, it's it's the one show that has the most surprises mm-hmm. clearly. But normally, what you can very rarely are there something that like last year Edge blew everybody out of the water, right? But normally. It's a cool surprise, but it's standard fare, right? Ain't no fans, bro. They don't care who come out. They don't care about no crowd reaction. They're going to do what they want. We only know 18 men and 12 women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a legitimate chance Goldberg might go three for three <laughs> in, in derailing Rose to WrestleMania. It is a crazy show, and I'm super excited Plus, I got, you know, I got, I have a stock in the game because uh, I'm hoping a certain 
Switchblade comes and hangs out maybe in New York and Connecticut. <laughs> Perhaps. We'll see. Look, man, you my friend, stop raining on my parade. Like I told <laughs> like I told Rick from Ricky and Clive yesterday, he he told me I don't want to build a, I don't want to build you up. I said build the bridges, build the walls, build whatever you want. When I come crashing down, just catch me, but build them hoes. I mean, it would be cool. It would be an absolute cool move, but would you waste a JWAR um, debut in with no crowd? You can't, can you? Surely. Surely. Yeah, of course. Of course well, I would. you would, because you want JWAR in, in WWE, but okay. for, I, for I, the I, general I see your population. Point. I see your point, and I, and I will retort your point with another question. What's the next time they're going to have actual fans? Well, allegedly WrestleMania. So you got to debut this dude at WrestleMania? I I know. I'm I'm just throwing semantics out. Okay, just making sure. Because I mean, <laughs> we could have a conversation, and it's a legit one. It is a legit one. I think in this time and this this time and age, um, with all the companies, you know, uh, before the show, we <laughs> I never talk Impact, but I brought up to you that the homie Trey Miguel redebuted an Impact. Mm-hmm. With crowds, that would have been a big re-debut because he's on his own now. Yeah. Um, so that is a real conversation to have and the real thought of will this get over in the same manner? I don't think Karrion Cross has been in front of cra- front of fans yet. Uh, no, no, you're right. And, and he's been injured and come back from injured. <laughs> and he has the best interest in wrestling bar none. So, like, there's so... I'm, I mean, you agree, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a way you can build for Jay White to debut at WrestleMania without spoiling the surprise and to still make it a big deal. You have a, a, a high-profile wrestler saying he'll take an open challenge and then the, the fire won't, uh, won't be announced till WrestleMania and then out comes Switchblade. Someone like AJ Styles, not got much of a build-up going into WrestleMania. You could say, I've, I want my WrestleMania moment, who's going to take me on? And then nobody comes up. And then Switchblade, bringing Bad Luck Farley to, to cancel out um, AJ's uh, bodyguard. So I'm, if Farley comes with them, it's over. Because <laughs> if Farley comes, and then, then the tongue, all the tongue is coming. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate for once. Um, a lot of the earlier rhetoric, when I was super on board of Jay Cumming, people were saying, well... He's not known enough, or he's not a big enough name to get a pop with the crowd at the Rumble. If he can't get, if people are concerned of him getting a pop at the crowd in the Rumble, the one show where random people come in, you you think that? And mind you, WrestleMania will have at least twenty five thousand fans, at least. You think he's gonna get that big of a pop in front of twenty five thousand fans at WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. That would be the concern. Um, but I think today's wrestling fan is a lot more intelligent than than we give them credit for. I mean, look at when the likes of uh, Alistair Black came up to the main roster. He's only been watched on NXT. They don't draw huge numbers, but people knew who he was. Same with Ricochet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot there's a lot more crossover with New Japan now than there there's been for a long long time so i think enough people would would know who he is for him to to come over 
I'm with it. I, just anything I can get more Jay White in my life, I want. I do think it'd be cool if he did debut at WrestleMania, but I also think the money will probably be in him being a, a complete asshole from the Rumble to WrestleMania and then gets that big, um, I'm going to say celebration or entrance, but, you know, that kind of that big spotlight on that big show. Uh, it is two nights, so they got the time. But we are not here to talk about WrestleMania yet. We're here to talk about the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, you have 15 different shows. I got a couple different ones. I know on the edge this week we're going to have a proper Rumble preview. Um, I'm sure on what if it's Techers or whatever show you're going to do, you're going to do some type of Rumble preview. But uh, you want to run through the card real quick? Let's do it. So aside from the uh, men's and women's Rumbles, and uh, I have names for you. So in the women's Rumble, Nia Jax, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Peyton Royce, Shayna Baszler, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Tamina. Uh, those are all that are uh, that are have been announced. Yeah. For the men, you have Daniel Bryan, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Otis, The Miz, Jay Uso, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn. Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura, Big E, John Morrison, Sheamus, and the two newest entrants from Monday, Mustafa Ali, who apparently stole Coffee Spot, which is dope, and the return of Edge. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised Edge chose to come back in the Rumble? No, I'm not at all surprised. I think that it needs to build for whatever is happening with him at WrestleMania. I was a little bit surprised that they announced it, but then uh, I, I caught a cultholic video earlier today, and I kind of agree with uh, with King Ross over there. It would have been diminishing returns if if the, one of the surprise entrants would have been Edge again after last yeah. year. I think so. I think it was very clever for him to announce it, but. As well as announcing it, he also throws his his name in the hat to be a winner because of the story going into it, because he wants the title back that he never lost. Uh, one thing I am um, heartful in these Royal Rumbles, especially, is there's quite normally there's one or two names who who really stand out as they're probably going to win it. This time, I, I can probably ram off about four or five who could potentially come out of this and, and it look legitimate. You've got the likes of Sheamus, who uh, is, is budding up with uh, with uh, Drew McIntyre. Same, uh, same kind of uh, effect with Cesaro. Uh, Nakamura's just got hot right at the uh, at the time to, to get hot for the Rumble. Then you've got Daniel Bryan to be a legitimate challenger for Roman Reigns. And then Edge comes back and just throws all my picks out the window because you tell me you don't want to see Edge in a world title match at WrestleMania, you are smoking that that good shit. And you, you're just talking about the people announced. What about possible surprises that are that have to be favorites, like John Cena or Brock Lesnar? Mm-hmm. You know? There's a ton of people that you can count. Or Braun Strowman has been announced, and Braun Strowman is always going to be of uh, something to reckon with in the in a, in a rumble or a battle royal setting, but uh, I love that you brought up that uh, Edge's promo because, of course, masterful as always. 
but he mentioned how last year was just kind of to get just a surprise. I, I had to do it nine years coming back. Mm-hmm. Now I got some expectations. Now I want to actually win the damn thing because I want my ch- my title back. Yeah. And so now you're right. I, I've wrote my my WrestleMania predictions down and that made me really rethink that I want to change them. Mm-hmm. Um, because Edge versus Drew McIntyre is not a bad match to draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going a different way. But, oh, uh, Edge and the Tribal Chief. Edge and Roman. Interesting. The Battle of the Spears? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I'm, the- scared, I'm scared of Edge to fight Roman. No, and I'm, no offense to Edge, but like, I, I, I'm, I get nervous with him fighting these um, more striker, bigger dudes. Yeah. Uh, and then you said the same for Drew because, man, Edge's neck is held together with, like, some chewing gum and, like, yeah, and hope. you know, and exactly, chewing gum hope and a and a hanger, like an antenna hanger. <laughs> so. Um, Edge is definitely a favorite. Um, I think Brian... Was probably the odds-on favorite. You didn't mention Big E, who was a bit of a sentimental favorite. Um, So before we go any further on the card, let's do the hard part first. I want you to throw out your predictions for both Rumbles, but I'm I'm gonna make it a little more interesting. I want you to tell me, and I didn't tell you this ahead of time, so we got you got time to think about this. I want you to tell me who's number one. I want you to tell me your final four. And I want you to tell me who wins. Both rumbles. If we need to go to a commercial for you to think about this, we can do that. No, I mean, let's let's go with the the men first. Uh, I'd enter with Daniel Bryan, number one. You think Bryan's going to go one? Okay, I like it. I think your final four are going to be... Brian, Edge. Oh, do I want to go Sheamus? Sheamus and and I'm I'm gonna wish this into existence, and I'm I I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's gonna be Goldberg. So Goldberg's gonna come back into the Rumble after he has his match, which I'm assuming you're gonna say he loses. <sighs> Right. I'm, I'm going to have to explain the Goldberg pick. I think he okay. loses. Uh, it, it's all because I saw a WrestleVotes post earlier today, and they've said that there's a, 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 oh. a finish for the Rumble that uh, is horrifying to the very core, and it's gained a lot of traction with the people booking the Rumble. And yeah. I think that finishes Goldberg enters the Rumble after getting beat by Drew and then wins and then he challenges Roman. Russell, look, I, I hate to give Russell any credit, but a lot of the stuff they'd be saying come out. Yeah, of they're very accurate. They're more accurate than they are uh, wrong. But that's that's who I think is maybe if if Goldberg's involved, he'll be in the final four. Uh, I think Edge wins, and I think we're going to get Edge versus Roman. Uh, because the whole point of Edge coming back was to finish off his kind of uh, his um, frenemy battle with Randy Orton, but Randy Orton's tied up with the Fiend and Alexa Bliss, so it make, doesn't make a lot of sense for for him to then suddenly have two feuds going at once. And Roman needs 
legitimate challenges on on SmackDown, I think Edge would be a perfect fit and a perfect WrestleMania opponent for Roman. So I think Edge wins and we see Roman versus Edge. Okay, so think about your women's, but I got my men's, okay? Okay. I agree with you, Brian, at number one. And I think AJ is number two. Because I think that would be a fun start to the Rumble. And I think both men make it to the end, AJ and Brian. Going the whole Ric Flash Shawn Michaels route. Exactly. Uh, I mean, one could argue, I mean, they don't have the charisma of either men. (laughs) But one could argue they would be the flair and and shot of today. Um, And then I'm going to have Edge in my final four, of course. And I'm going to have a returning Seth Rollins in the final four. Mm. And a lot, a lot of talk of Seth Rollins recently. A lot of talk. Uh, Ricky picked him as his winner. I'm giving the game away because they just released their podcast. But, you know. Um, and he told me that completely blew my thinking because I didn't even think he was a favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rollins does well in Rumbles in terms of lasting. Um, but... Um, Edge does not win, and I think Edge eliminates AJ, and AJ comes back in and attacks Edge, causes Edge to get thrown out, which leads to AJ versus Edge at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I think um, they kind of pull a, the the okie doke on y'all, thinking that Rollins is going to win to face the Tribal Chief, and Brian comes back and gets the rumble win he's always deserved. Yeah. Um my main takeaway from or what I want from this rumble is that I want something different. And what I mean by that is I don't care what happens in the rumble. I don't want the same old same old. And all all due respect to Edge and his story, I want to see somebody new win. I just need something different. Mm-hmm. Uh the some of the rumors that I've heard uh banded around uh, wrestling social media, and you always take these with a shot of penicillin. Um, is that the the men's rumble they're gonna quick fire through a lot of the competitors so that there's nobody left in for when the, the 30th comes out and it's gonna be a big bad beefy Brock coming in and and stealing a rumble victory. Speaking of that, this is the point of the show where I want to shout out to homie Josiah Williams. Josiah Williams is a rapper. That works for NXT and WWE. He um, has his own wrestling channel, uh, his own YouTube channel, and it may be a label called Wrestling Flow. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know Josiah, Sean Spears' theme that he comes out to in NXT at uh, AEW is made Which by Josiah. Which is a bop. I, I have that on my Spotify playlist. It's absolutely a bop. It's the only good thing about Sean Spears right now, <laughs> besides Peyton Royce. <laughs> and uh, he wrapped Adam Cole to the ring um, uh, in TakeOver 25 or whatever it was. Um, yep. He's fire. He did, a, he did a, a song, a rap about the Royal Rumble, but he did a fantasy Royal Rumble in a rap. And it is the most fire thing I've ever heard in audio. It, wow. I, I, like... If we couldn't have recorded our podcast today uh, for Head Trauma for Thursday, I would have just played that three times. It's that, it's that good. And it's not like it's random as hell. Like Rick Bugs is in the Rumble. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I don't want to get a game away, but just understand the baddest dude in the Rumble is is Walter. Oof. Now, that would be a juicy pick. If if Uncle Paul and Vince could give Walter $5 million a year to move to the States, Walter would never lose a title. <laughs> <laughs> He's held that UK title for what seems forever. Oh shit! It's only had three. It's only had three champions. Yep. It's been around like four years, four or five years, something like that. That's like that is. Oh my! Do you watch American football? Um, I'll watch if if there's if I'm like channel surfing and it's on, I'll put it on. But I don't go out of my way to watch it. So that reminds me of, and this is a really random analogy, but uh, I hate this team. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've had. Three coaches in like sixty years or like fifty years or something like that, mm-hmm. and that this is what that belt means. It sounds like it's like it never changes. You know, Bate had it for like seven, eight months. Dunn had it for a year and a half, almost two, and now Walter's gonna lose it in twenty twenty seven. Yeah, and but I think the difference with with that belt and a, and a lot of WWE belts is it it hasn't. It hasn't felt like a boring reign, or it hasn't felt like um, he, he's outstayed his welcome as champion. He, it's whoever beats him for that belt is going to look like an absolute million dollars. I agree, but who is it going to be? They have every Joe Coffey couldn't get it done. In hindsight, I'm glad he couldn't. Yeah, exactly. He done could he done get it done. Tyler Bate couldn't get it done. Um, poor Iggy Dragonfly. My man died for our sins and couldn't get it done. A-Kid, the hottest dude in the game right now, couldn't get it done. They're going to sacrifice my boy Ben Carter to him eventually. Who's going who's gonna to beat him? Yeah. Um, I, I just sense it's going to end up being on Jordan Devlin. And, yeah, I'm, I won't be happy with that. And, look, I love Jordan Devlin as a wrestler. He is fantastic in the ring. He ha- even has a really good gimmick. He is really fire, but he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, no offense to the UK, but a lot of those guys over there aren't very good people, unfortunately. Scummer, absolutely scummer. Uh, um, if they if they do if it's Marty Skrull, I swear I'm gonna boycott. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that oh, that would be creepy. Marty's going to get signed. Marty's going to get signed. Bit money. Bit money, he'll get signed. That's that's horrific if he does. Right, let's get on to this Women's Rumble before I end up just giving up on wrestling altogether. Uh, <laughs> so, the number one entrant, I mean, you can't that's go wrong. That's a difficult yeah. one. I mean, it's been Alexa Bliss for a couple of, uh, a couple of times, or she's been at least number one or number two. Uh, so you can't really go wrong there. But I think we see someone like Rhea Ripley as number one. Rhea Ripley as number one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, final four. I'm going to go Naya. I'm going to go Shayna. I'm going to go Bianca. And I'm gonna go. Do I want to go Becky Lynch? You think she? I think there's a possibility. 
But I also want to go Lana. Oh, Just Jesus Christ. Be- oh, because my God. Because you know Vince likes to kick a, uh, a joke into the dirt. He likes to flog that dead horse. He did it at Survivor Series. You tell me he doesn't think, oh, that'd be brilliant. Let's run well, it back in the Royal Rumble. For the record, I feel you. But that Survivor Series match, that Survivor Series finish is one of the greatest finishes in Survivor Series match history. <laughs> that is the most clever shit I have ever. That's that's almost as clever as Yano. Uh, he, as the him, Rambo. Yes, at the Rambo, like getting in the final Fatal Four match before he even got in the match. Like that's genius booking, bro. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with the return of Becky Lynch. I think, uh, but I still think. Bianca Belair wins the Royal Rumble. Bianca versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. That's big. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we we you and I both know Vince is a piece of shit. I am very inclined to say Tessa Blanchard debuts. Oh yeah, I, I mean if if she's available uh, and if she if they can get her into the country, Vince would sign her in a heartbeat. I'm really inclined to say Tessa debuts. Um, so I'm going to jump out. I'm going to jump out out the window. Jump. I'm. I mean, like, like 15th floor. I'm just diving. Tessa's going to be in the. Tessa's going to be in the final four. Um, Bailey and Bianca clearly are going to be in the final four. I think they're the final two. This match mm-hmm. is the entire rumble is about Bailey and Bianca. Um, okay. And I and just I. And because I, I think Charlotte face if Charlotte doesn't face Oscar, which it looks like she might not be doing, Charlotte and Tessa at WrestleMania, like bias aside, is a draw type of match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Charlotte makes the final four because that's too expected. I'm gonna say Rhea sneaks in the final four. I don't think Becky comes back now. I don't think so. I mean, she just she just popped a baby out a month a month ago. Like that's she's superhuman, but that's another level. She is the mom. Fair enough. Um, you're right. Um, let's run through the rest of these matches real quick, and then we're gonna take a break and kind of change course for a bit. Um, okay. So earlier in the match in the show, we have uh, whatever whatever the fuck they're doing with these women's championships on Raw. Oscar's the world the, the world champion, and Charlotte and Oscar are tag champs facing Nia Jackson, Shayna, and it's just a Lacey Evans is fucking Ric Flair. It's just a it's a mess. Mm-hmm. But Oscar and Charlotte defending the tag titles against Nia and Shayna. Uh, what you got here? Okay. Uh, firstly, I don't like the fact that the Raw Women's Champion is second fiddle in 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 a storyline she's she's basically the fodder for the uh, Alexa Bliss Randy Orton the Fiend stuff which I just I don't get the use of that uh but there's going to be dissension not over those tag titles but over that raw title uh Charlotte wants that you can tell she wants that she's got but she's also got the issues with Lacey I think Lacey and or Rick costs her the tag titles and we go back to the champions who should have stayed the champions because they are the perfect odd couple uh, of Naya and Shayna Baszler. I've never been a huge Naya fan, but she just works well with Shayna. Um, probably don't work as well as she did with uh, Dana Brooke, 
where she damn near killed her. Uh, but I do like the pairing of, uh, of Shayna and Naya, so I think they they win. Are you on the side of people that thinks that 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 that, that move was like too bad? Was too was too rough or too hard? Um, I don't think it was too hard. I think it's just uh, another example of Naya being green, even though she's she really shouldn't at this point in her career. Uh, I, I do think she gets cats just so much flat, uh, way too much flat than if anyone else did the same kind of botch. Uh, but yeah, she just kind of needs to rein it in a little bit. She she's getting to the point where maybe she's she just needs to take that extra second to to make sure she's got the move set. We saw it with Kyrie Sane where she was so eager to do the 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 the, the kind of buckle bomb that. Carrie wasn't ready. She says, "Look, I'm not ready. I'm not ready." She she does it anyway and gives a concussion. I think she's getting the um, the kind of reputation of being dangerous when it's it's more clumsy. I think than dangerous. Yeah. I don't think she's very coordinated. But my only qualm with this with the situation involving Naya is this: if this was a man, I wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, I've seen Farouk bounce people's heads off the mat like basketballs. Mm-hmm. Vader is loved primarily because he would beat people so bad that like it was borderline assault. Yep. So because it's oh we're pretty girls and they shouldn't be it, it, look it, Kenny King said it best. Ain't none of this shit safe. Ain't nothing they do in that ring safe. And I can and I can attest to that because I've been in a ring, I've ran ropes, I've taken bumps, I've been I've I've trained under Booker T and I've I've he he showed us we take for granted everything, right? In wrestling, especially if you haven't done it. When he broke it down to us, just a lockup, he broke down how painful just like a wrist lock is. And we look at that like, like it ain't shit. If I were to put a wrist lock on you right now, Mags, like you would be screaming mm-hmm. if I put it on right. But we take that for granted. Everything in that ring hurts, bro. Yeah. So I'm not saying she's doing everything correct, but I don't think she's dangerous. Maybe that's just me. Um, now, a match that is going to be dangerous, we're going to skip Drew versus Goldberg because clearly you said Goldberg losing. You gave that. You gave the game away. Um, yeah, but that's... Uh... There is definitely two scenarios to this. Either obviously Goldberg wins or Goldberg loses. It's a no-win situation for for us. Either we see Goldberg going to WrestleMania or we see <laughs> Goldberg going to WrestleMania in either situation. So I actually have a match. I I have in my predictions. Maybe maybe I'll give my predictions in the next week or two. Um but I have Goldberg in a match at WrestleMania. But it's against Randy Orton. Okay, I, I mean, think that'd be of. Go ahead. There's, it's just that there's only a couple of months to get there. From that, uh, I know Goldberg's got a, a contract where he does he only wrestle like three times a year. Um, so Dude, you'd probably... he's 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 signed to wrestle twice a year. Twice a year, so he, you would have to get the storyline from Orton and The Fiend, which I don't think is played out yet at all, and then straight into a feud with, with Goldberg. Um, it'd be interesting to see how you, you got there. Okay. Uh, if, I may, if I may fantasy book, 
Um, Randy and the Fiend got one more match in them. That's it. It because well, they. Oh, I agree. I agree. But is that a fast lane match or is that a WrestleMania match? They cannot book this all the way until April 9th or whatever day it is. I just there's no way. It is. It's look. So again, insider baseball giving the game away. We're record. No, you know what? I'll do it. The actual today. You listening to this? It is January twenty eighth. There, so that means a month from now is February twenty eighth. Two months from now is March twenty eighth. Three weeks after, two or three weeks after, two weeks after that, I'm sure is WrestleMania. So that essentially is ten weeks of television to book. You know what I'm saying? That's a that that's a lot when it's already jumped the shark. The beauty of a, of a feud between Randy and Goldberg is Randy the Legend Killer, right? Mm-hmm. Randy's went back to being the Legend Killer, and now he's darker than ever. Well, who's the biggest legend on the roster that he's never he's never killed? I mean, you're referring to Goldberg, but legend that is a very very loose term. Hey, look, Alicia Alicia Fox and Mickey James call legends, and they still active. So I mean. <laughs> It's just it's a term like superstar, mm-hmm. um, but Drew, but Drew, Drew beats Goldberg for the good for the good of the world for the good of my sanity. Okay. Um, You're saying but, that now, but wait till the end of the show when it's Goldberg versus Roman, and you'll be like, I fucking wish he beat Drew now. I'm gonna fly. I'm gonna fly to the black country <laughs> in COVID, and me and you are gonna fight <laughs> on air. You put you put that in the ether. If Goldberg loses, he wins the rumble. I'm telling you. No, basically, I'm screwed either way. Well, do you want Goldberg against Drew, or do you want Goldberg against the head of the table? I want Goldberg against Randy, and then Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want. Um, Speaking of the head of the table, uh, the our tribal chief Roman Reigns has been duped. By that dastardly Adam Page. Adam Page, I'm sorry. Adam Pierce. Um, cool. If and Adam. I wish it was, bro. Hangman needs to come to Connecticut as soon as possible. Even though he's killing the AEW. No, no diss. Um, but uh, Kevin Owens got one more match. Last man standing. And uh, if you know anything about Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns in this step... They knock it out the park. Yeah, you got. How do you, how do you how do you stop Roman's amazing reign? This is the Roman that a massive part of the fan base was calling out for. This is the Roman that Vince wanted on the top. Roman is the face of his company. Roman's been his boy since day one, and he's got him there. Fans are loving it and not booing him out of the building. No way. On God's green earth, does Kevin Owens walk out of WrestleMania, out of Royal Rumble with that towel? We're going to see Kevin do what he wants to do at Rumble, which is jump off something incredibly high, but he is going down. It's as simple as that. Because when you look at the title match at Royal Rumble, Kevin Owens versus X is not as big as Roman Reigns versus X. So as good as the match it's going to be, this is my banker that Roman Reigns walks out with that towel. Roman's the biggest star in the company. Everybody knows that. <laughs> By a uh, long way, it's not even close. Nowhere I, near close. 
only person close is Becky. Correct. Um, and like mainstream people know Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, casual fans know Roman Reigns. If they don't know his name, they know what he looks like. Um, so you're right. He, I think he, I think he wins this match, and I think this it's important for the story that he beats Kevin Owens alone, mm-hmm. because that's been the whole kind of caveat to the whole feud is, well, Kevin can't let it go because you, he never he never beat him by himself. But I am I'm brought back to something that Carl said on the edge a few a few weeks ago. He thought that Owen should have won at the uh, won in the TLC match and then lost it back that next week in the cage match. And I I I vehemently disagreed with him then, but I am starting to be on that page for this one reason. I don't like trilogies in wrestling where one person loses every match. Or 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 long stories, right? I don't like it like that because for all of that you could argue that person has been propped up and put in a in a in a great spotlight, ultimately when it's over, what else can you do with them? They're a loser. And so Kevin Owens has every reason to lose these matches. He's two on one, three on one sometimes. But I think it would have been really cool and even maybe possibly better for the Roman Reigns character if Owen stole one at TLC, got his come up, come up as the title back a week later, and now Kevin has even that much more of an axe to grind, and Roman can be that much more brutal and vicious in his quest to garner respect from the from the uh, the locker room. Nonetheless, Roman's gonna be Kevin again, and Kevin's gonna be language to the mid card for another six months. It is what it is. But he's fantastic enough. This is the best Kevin Owens we've seen since he debuted. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that since he stepped on John Cena's United States Championship. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and yeah, I kind of do see your point about the booking, but WWE this year have not exactly followed the the kind of booking 101 rule book. Just look at the Edge and Randy Orton feud. They went to the the blow off matches first. Uh, and then decided to go for for the normal matches. So um, I agree with you. I think I think uh, Kevin could have got a win, and and that's what I've always seen um, countouts and and disqualifications for because you can still lose the match, but you keep all your talent. I think maybe that would have been a way to do it, but it's it's protecting the biggest star, the best character. I think if he uh, whoever finally does beat Roman is then a made man. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think Kevin Owens particularly needs it because he's a main man anyway. This guy could lose twenty matches in a row. You took him in a tile match, and it still looks like he could he could throw hands. So um, I'm I'm not that bothered about him going zero and three. Uh, I still think he's as as legitimate as he he is going out of the feud than he he was when he came into it. Hey man, I'm with it. Just that's I'm just I'm with it. I'm excited to see Kevin. I think Kevin kind of transfers into a feud with Apollo Cruz now, since Apollo mm-hmm. Cruz is kind of uh, bloodline adjacent, which should be fun. And seeing Apollo Cruz delve into uh, his viciousness and his evil uh, should be fun to watch. But uh, yeah, there's no way Kevin Owens walks out of Royal Rumble with a championship. 
Um, so Daniel Bryan and Bianca Belair for me. You have um, who do you have winning the women's rumble? Because I know you got Edge winning the men's. Uh, I what if it's not Bianca? I may smash the gaff up. If it should be Bianca, uh, if not, a returning Becca. Um, for the men's Edge is the one that I I, I basically threw out all my picks because Edge announces is entering and he gave that amazing uh, promo. So yeah, I would I was I was certainly down the Daniel Bryan route before that, but yeah, Edge is my boy now. Okay. Um, hey, um, you can find Royal Rumble uh, on the WWE Network for only nine ninety nine. But after we come back from from this break, you're not gonna find it at the WWE Network much longer. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, and those who do not count as ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to be all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I gave you what we call the business a tease before we took a break. Um, so I apologize to my brother from across the pond. This doesn't really affect him. But us around here, America. Do you know, you, you said that in, in, uh, in the pre-record, but... It, it will trickle down. I think it, the the effect, it may not uh, show straight away, but I think we will have some effect. But let's get into it first, uh, and then I'll explain my reasoning uh, when it comes to it. Well, um, the WWE has brokered a billion-dollar deal with NBC Universal Company, which is their, the company that... Uh, own they not own, but they have the rights to Raw and NXT. And if you know anything about the history of WWE, Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersole, who was like the president for like forty years, they're like best mm-hmm. friends. So they have a long history together. Um, 
they have signed a deal to the rights to the WWE Network to be put on the Peacock streaming service. Now, they don't own the network. WWE still owns it. They're just giving the rights to content. Mm-hmm. Everything on the network will essentially be on Peacock. So you go to www.network.com. Right now, you'll go to Peacock. And then it'll be a WWE subsite. Um, on top of that, five years, 200 mil a piece. Maybe a little more when, the, when you know, all the money comes around. But it's, it's valued at a billion right now. Um, so if you count their, their, if you count their, we're just talking domestic, their deal for Raw is $265 million a year. Mm-hmm. Their deal for SmackDown with Fox is $205 million a year. Their deal with NXT is, is valued at 300, I'm sorry, at, three, at 30 million a year. And now $200 million a year for Peacock. Domestically, they're getting $700 million a year for content. Um, from from TV companies, that doesn't count all the, the money that they're making from the likes of YouTube, where they're in the top right. 10 of, uh, of all... Um, of all uh, channels, and they make millions, uh, absolute millions. Uh, every video they put up gets millions and millions of hits. That's uh, pocket change for them. Yeah, but but so any other company, that a, a major revenue ad, get a uh, revenue gain. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. And mer- merchandise, like they there's, and then again, speaking domestically, they just signed a new deal with the UK NBT Sport. Which is lucrative. They just signed a new deal with India, and and, and the India in the Indian subcontinent. Yeah, They're yeah, working so. on their yeah right Eurosport. That's thank you. I could I didn't say their name, but I couldn't remember them of it. They're, they've been working on the Mina deal, Middle East North North Africa for two years now, which should be done now that Nick Khan has stepped in. Barrios and Michelle Wilson left, and Nick Khan came in, hit the ground running. Um, mm-hmm. Also important to note that. Um, if you now with the network, if when you when it goes to Peacock, Peacock is four ninety nine with with ads with commercials, nine ninety nine commercial free. So if you don't mind some commercials, you save five bucks. Well, the 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 press release that uh, that Peacock put out was uh, when the transition happens, uh, current WWE subscribers will automatically migrate to the four ninety nine tier. So instantly you're saving half your money and gaining a, a, a ton of extra content. Uh, and if you want to kind of re-up that to the to the uh, the ad-free version, you're paying exactly what the, what you're paying now for the, just the WWE content, and then you're getting all the, the NBC content. It's for, for American fans, this is win-win. And for, for Peacock, it looks like a bad deal. It really does. The fact, I mean, I've pulled up the um, the uh, earnings for, uh, for, the, for the last quarter. So WWE, uh, for the three months that ended of September uh, the 30th, 2020, they made uh, from the network $47.8 million. Uh, but if you go back for the full nine months, they only made a hundred and forty mil point seven million. So they're not even making two hundred million a year off off the network. So they're already up. They're keeping the international deals, which is is money in the pocket. Um, but 
uh, NBC uh, and Peacock are still getting off, uh, a lot out of this deal because they just want content. They want to catch up with the likes of Disney Plus. They want to catch up with the likes of Netflix, HBO uh, Max, HBO Max, exactly. And this is a way to draw in fans. Um, and a lot of uh, wrestling fans who, who watch Raw and SmackDown already on <coughs> on these NBC channels, they're going to be interested in, in signing up for, for Peacock. It's as simple as that. Uh, the kind of like middle-aged fans who don't really hang around on uh, wrestling social media, who don't really kind of get the network, but they may get it if it's uh, thrown in with a package for Peacock. And then the thing nobody wants to mention and some people have, but I mean in terms of people who don't want this to be a good thing, is that right now there are 1.1 million U.S. subscribers of the WWE Network. There's 26 million subscribers of Peacock. Mm-hmm. So it is inevitable that more than 1.1 million people, uh, more than 1.1, so if we add the 1.1 to the 26 million, just do some basic math. That's 27.1 million, right? Let's even make it easy for ourselves and do it at even 27, okay? It, it is impossible that only 1.1 million of the new people of that 27 million are going to keep watching wrestling. More people are going to be like, oh, what's this? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is interesting. And now imagine if that... We always talk about how the fan base is dying, right? Because our asshole selves as wrestling fans killed it for the kids because we want to book the damn territories and bitch about everything. Well, or, or you know, it's true, right? Or, you know, we're obsessed with ratings that are antiquated and don't really matter. Well, you know what? You know how you build it back up? You give it to people for, you do this. 26, 26 million subscribers open now to a brand new world of, of forget the wrestling matches. You telling me the people that watch the, the office or all these shows wouldn't be interested in watching the the WWE twenty four mm-hmm. or Bianca Belair's Chronicle, all all uh, and the the one kind of uh, thing that wrestling Twitter brings up all the time the lapsed fans, the lapsed fans who were not interested in the current product, but they've got forty years of old product there that they do oh, remember, yes. they were interested in. Yes, the whole catalog, and that's the that's the real that's the real reason why they wanted that man. You said it, content, 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 content is king. And what is it like? They WWE Network right now, not even counting live content, has like three hundred hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some crazy amount of, of something like that. It's probably more than that. The, the, their uh, production work on on uh, things like documentaries, uh, the twenty fours, is. It's up there with the absolute best of them. So if there's not something that a, a, a Laps fan or someone who's even new to wrestling can't enjoy it on there, yeah, they, they're not looking to be entertained. No, they're not. And, I mean, and contrary to popular belief that if the WWE does better, everybody else does better. Mm-hmm. Um, because the rising tide raises all ships. Absolutely. Um, um, now... Let's get to the point where I think this will have a knock-on effect for for uh, for us in the UK. Now, there is one point currently one point six million uh, worldwide WWE subscribers. Yes. They've just uh, sold the rights uh, and and basically the 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 contract to over over two thirds of that figure to another to another service. Yes. 
I don't see how it it makes financial sense for WWE to to keep the network running in its in its uh, current form for the rest of the half a million people worldwide. So what that says to me is they can't, I, I don't think they would go down the route of just cutting the fans off at the kneecaps because you, you're going to turn that fan away from the company for laugh. But what it does say to me is they're going to be looking at the major territories like your Canada, um, at, uh, Europe, UK, India, wherever they've got uh, deals in place, and they'll be looking to do exactly the same with the the network and license it out to some some um, entities in those countries, whether that be the Netflixers or whether that be Amazon Prime or even uh, we've got like a, a service here called BritBox, which is uh, buying up a lot of uh, UK t- uh, UK uh, programming. Um, yeah, I think it won't happen straight away, obviously, because these deals do take a lot of time to to put in place. But I do think that we're going to follow that kind of route of Peacock, uh, and we're going to be basically sold on to uh, to another provider. So, so it's very possible, and that's very astute thinking. It all depends on how this is hosted. I think if we're we're speaking now into the technical part of this conversation, um, I think a, what it feels like a big part of. WWE selling the rights to this is that Peacock will now take on, or NBC rather, will now take on the cost and the maintenance of hosting the network. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest part, right, is, is the physical bandwidth and the number of servers and the number of people involved who have to run this thing. So that's, if, if they don't have to pay for, if they don't have to pay for that and worry about that, that's money in their pocket. Exactly. So if Peacock will, if NBC and Peacock will take the hosting rights and allow and still have the network as constituted. You know, if you go to WWE Network, you get rerouted to Peacock, something like that. And then they just allow for other countries to not have to be rerouted. They essentially could keep the same thing because the whole point of the network being in all the other countries is that they have to change the, the uh, not the UK so much. But they have to change the um, commentary, right? And they've dubbed the commentary for a whole. But that's why the network took forever to get to India, took forever to get to Saudi Arabia, took forever for it to get to China, because they have to dub so much of the commentary. Mm-hmm. And if they don't dub it, they got to at least transcribe it for closed captions. Um, so that I'd be curious to see what the technical side of this deal looks like. Because it may not be as big a deal as we're thinking it to be, but the businessman, Mr. McMahon, is if he can make a buck, he's going to make a buck. Mm-hmm. So if he could say all that, that, what is it, you said about a half a million other people that's, that's, that's left, if he can sell them off, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, I know we're making assumptions at the, of, uh, Peacock and NBC taking up the the, the the logistics of the servers, but if they, if they're not, then yeah, I, I can understand uh, WWE. They have the 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 people in place. They have the the servers. They have the bandwidth. You may as well keep pumping out that content to the the half a million because it's not chump change. It's still five million uh, pounds, uh, five million dollars a month coming in to your pocket. It's 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 still it's still a big chunk of money, but. If you have uh, licensed out 
not only the content, but uh, for, for NBC to host on their own servers, I can't see WWE thinking, well, we've paid for all this, we've got all this in place, we've got the staffing in place, we've got the maintenance in place, we've got the bandwidth to pay for, um, we've got the server space to pay for, why are we not just doing the same as what we've done with NBC? Yeah, you're not going to get as big about as big as figures as, as 200 million a year, but you'll certainly cover the 5 million a month that you're, that you're bringing in from the half a million uh, subscribers you've got. I agree, man. I think more than anything, it's about goodwill, though. I know that's not something you equate with WWE or any conglomerate, but in this particular case, this is a very specific case. Um, you know, us in America tend to think that the world stops at our doorstep, but, you know, that five, the 500,000, 500, other thousand subscribers matter. The UK... Um, fan base matters. India's fan base is huge, which is why you see they they had to show that they had the superstar yeah. spectacle. They're getting a performance center very soon. It's major. Um, you know, the Far East matters because China is the China and India are the biggest uh, population booms in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Japan matters massively to WWE because it's a wrestling hotbed. Kyrie is over there doing good work. So, like, it would behoove them to allow for those fans to still have ease of access to watch their content. Um, I don't know how they do it. I don't know what they do. It's very interesting to see. I know NBC and Peacock in general aren't everywhere in the world. No, we, um, we certainly we certainly can't get them over here in the UK. Yeah. So, but I'd be curious to see how they do that. But I'll tell you this. If I could journalism for a minute. Speaking from one business end to another business end, the first the, uh, WWE is kind of following the footsteps that the UFC did about five years ago when they re-upped with uh, ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yes, they're behind the paywall, <laughs> but it, you know, it, WWE isn't behind the paywall. Like you pay for the subscription and you have everything. You pay for ESPN Plus and you still got to pay seventy bucks to get the damn pay per view. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless. Um, The UFC has been the shining star of the pandemic because they've been the only consistent television sporting week. Week on week. Never have... I mean, I've been a UFC fan since pretty much day one and we have never had as much content as we got from them in 2020. It was literally every week without fail. And shout out to the Etihad Arena. It is beautiful. Yeah, it is. Uh, and again, going, uh, we we have things a little bit differently here in, in the UK. Uh, I know that uh, over in the, the US, you tend to have to pay for all the big uh, UFC pay-per-views, the numbered events. Uh, but with the deal uh, that the UFC struck in the UK, um, we, we've really been resistant to that, the, the pay-per-view model. It's only usually for like, the huge sporting events like your boxing, um and the UK in general has been really kind of resistant to it. It was only like WWF that really kind of pushed for that pay-per-view model. Uh, but the deal that UFC signed with BT Sports was that all the events would go on to the, the BT Sports channel, um, basically part of the, the package you pay. It's not it's not a terrestrial channel. You have to buy it in as a package, uh, but then you got all the UFC events. 
they, but BT Sports have caught a lot of flat recently for trying to double dip cons, uh, customers by uh, now charging uh, for for events like Bones or for like when Connor's farting. So you don't only have to have the package for BT Sports, which is not cheap, but then you also have to pay more money for that that event. And yeah, they've had a lot of flack from it. Um, they tried it again this week with uh, McGregor and Poirier too, and it it went down like a like a lead balloon, uh, much like the the West Coast feed did. <laughs> All the feeds. I I tried. I I tried legitimately to buy the show. And of course I couldn't get in for the first hour and just went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Well so, I, I saw I saw a post from the likes of uh Taya Valkyrie. She she paid for it three times and three times she wasn't able to to watch the show because she just it just wouldn't load up. Yeah. I I watched the press conference after the event and Dana White looked like the most depressed man in the history of the world. He lost his he lost his uh his cash cow. Uh he, he got beat by every illegal streamer in the world. Well, no, sorry, every illegal streamer but one in the world. He had, <laughs> he had to admit that uh Habib had no interest at all in farting. Yeah, it was just a bad day at the office for, for Dana White. And then he has to pay back at least half of the money that he made from his number two selling pay-per-view in the history of UFC because nobody could watch the damn thing even though they'd paid for it. <laughs> and and yet the irony is that the illegal streamers had a perfect stream all the way through the fat, all the way through the card. So I that mean, was a ten eight round. It's a ten eight round for the illegal streamers. <laughs> ten eight all the way. That's fantastic. Um, I don't want to break down the whole card because you have five rounds for that with uh, Mags. It was a, a two-match card. As, as much as I loved it, it was a two-match card. I mean, you know, uh, but no, that was, I was about to say, uh, no, that was a, that was a, a, pre, a prelim fight. So, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but um, clearly, everybody bought this for Connor and Poirier. Um, and... Shout out to Michael Chandler for handling business. So, I mean, I've watched UFC for a long time, and that may well be the the best debut ever. What was what was homie that was that was uh, uh he was in Strikeforce forever, and they made this big deal about him coming over, Jake. Oh, Jake Shields. Jake Shields. They did one of the the. Uh, they did one of the best promos for him as well. Uh, they had a uh, GSP and all his entourage going down one corridor and then Jake Shields on his own. And then he got absolutely whooped. <laughs> his whole thing was that he was an amazing wrestler and he, he was an amazing wrestler, but he got wrestle fucked by GSP. And Ben Askren, boy, just talk about not I mean, working. It, his debut wasn't that bad. I don't. I think he uh, was very lucky against Robbie Lawler, but when he got when he got whooped, when he got whooped by Masvidal, whew. oh, Ben Askren, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, Askren, Askren does Askren does what Askren does. He's a fantastic wrestler, like Jake Shields. Robbie Lawler is going to come at you all day. Robbie Lawler will not get beat. You will not stop him. You will not knock him out. You will not submit him. You have to beat him. Like you have to outlast him three rounds, five rounds. He outlasted him. He didn't beat him. But then uh, 
Masvidal came and put the fear of God in that man. <laughs> and then when he landed those extra blows and in the in the pause fight interview when he went, do you feel those extra shots were were needed? He went, yeah, super necessary. They were super <laughs> necessary. I love him. He's just he's he reminds me of Chris Jericho with just the quips that he comes out. The stuff with uh, I think it was with Leon Edwards. Uh, when he said, uh, I'm going to handle him like a three-piece in a soda. Yeah, I just love that dude. I just want you to know that pops me so hard because uh, not only do both of them have the quips, but both of them are MAGA, MAGA fans. So they remind, they remind me of each other in more than one way. <laughs> um, so I don't want to spend too much time on this because we got to get out of here. But uh, McGregor got humbled. And it's weird because he came in the fight humbled. I've never, I've never seen McGregor this humble, and it's, it was fun to watch because he's a he's a fantastic promoter. And, and um, there's a reason why he was humble. Um, oh yeah, because he's in legal trouble. He needs to be. Well, yeah, not only that though. I think uh, he has had uh, outside of the octagon, he's had an, a monumental uh, eighteen months. He's gone from um, being an MMA fighter to being a business conglomerate. The dude has got the second best-selling whiskey in the world. Yeah. He's got a clothing land that sold out in five minutes. This guy is just rolling in money, absolutely rolling in money. And his financial advisors have said, look, you, you make your money off your attitude, off the, the cockiness, but you need to rein in. Uh, that just need to rein in that little bit, and he he did that. He was very very kind of respectful to Dustin Poirier, um, and even after the fight, he's a hard he, person to, to be mad at anyway. He's a he's a sweetheart. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, but even after the fight, he was uh, full of praise for Dustin. He was uh, very much uh, a mature Connor. Uh, but getting into the fight, uh, if you go back into the chair shot uh, uh, archives, Carlos and I did a watch along of the original. Uh, Poirier uh, Connor fight and Carlos said something in in that that uh, episode uh, which absolutely rang true. The way to beat Conor McGregor is to attack the legs. Now, Clearly. Dust, Clearly, Dustin yeah. in the first fight started doing that, but he gave it up, and that's where uh, Connor was able to use his dynamic uh, range and his and the shots that come from every angle uh, to 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 wear Dustin down. In this fight. Dustin kept up with that with those leg shots, even when Dustin was rocked in the first round. And there was a point where I thought that was over because he was doing the stanky leg. It was just he was taking shots and he was uh, throwing his punches, and it looks like he was gonna fall over because his he was had so bad cobwebs. But he kept that leg kick up, and then at the end of the first round, you could hear Connor say to his uh, his uh, corner, "The leg's dead. I can't feel the leg." Came out, um, Dustin knew he had him hurt, and Crash Bang Wallop finished him off and and put himself in a, in the frame for a title shot. So I'm I'm gonna hit you with two things, and we're gonna get out of here, okay? First thing, um, Habib's not coming back. He no. wasn't. McGregor could have had the greatest knockout of all time. He wasn't coming back. So you have Poirier, you have Chandler clearly after earlier that night. You have Oliveira, and you have a guy who I think still deserves some respect, Justin Gaethje. Mm -hmm. Who would you either put in the fight for the title or who deserves to be champ, or would you do all four in a mini tournament of sorts? Yes. We we have to have a lightweight champion. 
Yeah, that's exactly how uh, uh, me and Carlos uh, looked at it uh, uh, this weekend. We think that there's four people with a with a genuine claim to at least be in the title match. Um, so I think I went with uh, Gaethje versus Oliveira and then Poirier versus Ooh. Chandler. Poirier said he don't want to fight Chandler because he'll kill that dude. Like, he does not like Michael Chandler. He does not like him. So then I'd switch it up. I would switch it to, say, Poirier versus Oliveira uh, and uh, then Gaethje versus Chandler. Winner, either uh, fights for the title or if Habib is coming back and Dana can work his magic, the winner fights, uh, the winners fight each other for the opportunity to, to face Habib. I personally am, am like you. I think Habib is done. Habib wants to concentrate on his uh, Eagles gym uh, back in uh, Dagestan. Uh, he's, I think he's looking to get that sound for the uh, UFC fight pass. He's made a promise, and uh, the the Muslim culture is very kind of uh, matriarchal. Uh, so what his mum says goes. Um, mm. he, the only reason he was still fighting was because it, it was making his dad proud, uh, and his dad unfortunately passed away. He's no need to to be. He's he's going to go down in history as as arguably the greatest lightweight that there's ever been. He, he doesn't need to fight. Uh, he's willing to give up the belt, and I've seen a lot of hate on on Twitter for him saying that he's he's holding up the division. He wants to keep hold of the belt. He said he wants to give the belt up, and it's Dana who's uh, who's basically we'll let him do it. Like, we'll have a meeting. Let's have a meeting. Let's have a meeting. I mean, yeah. look at that. Look at the debacle we got from the ABC show where Dana was like, 3 p.m. We'll have a massive announcement. We're going to tell you what's happening with with uh, Habib. Comes to 3 p.m. Oh yeah, Habib said we'll wait and see. No, Dana, what he means, what you mean is he said, no, Dana, I'm not down for that. And you were like, oh yeah, come on, but we'll wait and see, see what happens. And he's like, all right then, fair enough. But basically, he's saying, fuck off, Dana, you dickhead, you bold bitch. I don't want to fight for you no more. Pretty much, that's all accurate. Every <laughs> bit of that. Um, uh, yeah, that announcement was hilarious. <laughs> we got an announcement coming. Well, Habib announces that he's going to watch UFC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, my second thing, and this one is going to be a bit controversial. Well, it's going to be it's going to be controversial to people listening. You're a fight fan. Your son is an actual fighter. I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. Conor McGregor is one of the biggest draws in in fighting history. Not just box, not just MMA, but like. Fighting arts. He's not a good MMA fighter. He got hands and he got heart, but he does not have the skills of a, a fully formed MMA fighter. He is terrible on his back. Like you said, he has no legs. He gasses out two, three rounds into a fight. I don't think he's very good. I don't think he is. He has fantastic hands. Like I said, he got heart. But whenever he fights a fully formed fighter, he loses. Mm, I mean, you don't get to the position that he's in without being one of the best. He's, he's rose to the top of multiple divisions. He's won the titles of multiple divisions. So I, I, I think he's he's one of the best fighters in, in the featherweight and the lightweight division. But I do get your point. His kryptonite is wrestling. Uh, well, when what's, he what's the basis of mixed martial arts? 
Yeah, I am. I get. I, I totally get you, and and you can tell he's come from a base, uh, a base of boxing slash kickboxing, uh, and he hasn't needed to improve that wrestling because everybody he's beat, he's been able to beat them with accuracy and with skill and with pace. Uh, he's never, until he got to the likes of Nate Diaz, until he got to the likes of Habib, uh, he's never had to be worried about the, the wrestler because no one's been good enough to get close to him to be able to take him down. Um, the the issue is, I think he's a really, he's a, a top draw MMA fighter, but he's not a, round, a well-rounded MMA fighter where someone like Habib has got the boxing, has got the hands, has got the wrestling. He's got the trifecta of things that you really do need for for MMA. And unfortunately, you t- the the issue with Connor, and I said it on the on five rounds was inactivity. You cannot be in this sport, take eighteen plus months off, and still think the sport is going to be in the same position because it's not. This sport is moving at such a fast pace. The kids that are coming into this sport now are eighteen, nineteen years old are better than the 30 to 40 year olds that were in the sport for 20 years. They've got they have got better skill, they've got more rounded um uh, uh tools and they just all round the the sport is evolving so so quickly that you can't just be a stander and banger anymore. Uh you can't just focus on wrestling. You can't just be a good kickboxer. You need all three of those skills. And Connor, unfortunately, is lacking in the the, the basis of, of, of mixed martial arts. You know what's funny? You say you got to have all of those skills, and then Habib and Kamara Usman are looking at you like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> hey, if, if your wrestling skill is so good that you can take someone down at will, then yeah, you probably don't need to have the hands uh, as much because if you can't stay on your feet, you can't knock somebody out. Uh, so that I think that's why wrestling is way more important. What's so disappointing to me is you're right, but if you know that your hands are that great that you want them to stand up, then your takedown defense should be the only thing you work on. His mm-hmm. takedown defense is trash, but you know that's it, I'm I'm not an expert. I'm I'm not in the I'm not in the octagon I'm not in the cage it's just me watching, so forgive me yeah, if it's a blasphemous a blasphemous mistake. Until he fought Nate Diaz and then until he fought Habib, nobody could take him down, so he didn't need to work on it. He should have worked on it absolutely, but when your uh, punches are so laser accurate that you can hit someone before they have an opportunity to take you down, you're going to focus on that. And I always kind of like call back to Roy Nelson who was. Um, a massive heavy hitter, not people out for fun. But that guy had a, a basis in kung fu. This guy yeah, had oh, a legitimate a basis. In, yeah. yeah, he just realised that he didn't need to use the kung fu because it was easier to knock people out with his fists. And that's kind of what Connor's done. He knows he can he could uh, finish ninety nine point nine percent of his opponents with his fists and with his feet. So he didn't focus on the wrestling, and that eventually. He, he met someone who was elite level, and that's the the thing at the top of these divisions. It's the it's the slightest difference that that stops people from being the absolute best. It's so close at the top of these divisions, and Connor was just not the best at wrestling, and and it absolutely shows. Well, at this level, you're the absolute best, big fish. <laughs> <laughs> at waffling. 
at saying a lot of words, but not at making any coherent point. <laughs> hey, it's American special, right? Say a lot of stuff that don't really mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tell them where they can find you, brother. Oh, you can find me at Kurtbait underscore Carlos. I need loads and loads of followers. I am the star of a Five Rounds pod. And, no lies and, told. And, and I'm going to even give him another shout out. He's took on his own little project under the Five Rounds banner of interviewing uh, fighters and, um, and uh, trainers and people in the, in the business. And it is banging. The, the, my, my boy is getting just tons of views and listens. I'm really, really proud of him. So I'll definitely go and check them out if you get a chance. But follow me on Twitter, at DJ Gerber. Come and watch me have arguments with people on wrestling Twitter and then get blocked by him. Uh, it's always a good time. <laughs> Happened one time, and now that's like it's called <laughs> card. Um, I'm at S. Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in dollars. And, uh, you know, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash the chair shot. Buy some stuff. Wear some stuff. Enjoy some stuff. Um, as uh, the commissioner PC Tunney likes to say, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Yeah, sports, we got it all. Sports entertainment. Sports entertainment. Uh, but yeah, um, I ain't got nothing else for you. Um, just remember, if you didn't like anything, blame Tali. And mm-hmm. uh, what do we tell the people, sir? That they should always defend their head. Especially if you're Conor McGregor. You don't want to get smacked in it. Or always defend your leg. Very true. <laughs> See y'all next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.